Fresh Art International presents conversations about creativity in the 21st century. I'm Kathy Bird, producer of Fresh Art International. This week, we're at Site Santa Fe, a contemporary art space in New Mexico. We're here for the opening of Unsettled Landscapes, an international art biennial featuring work about landscape, territory, and trade. Today, our spotlight is on five participating artists from across the Americas. We're recording this episode in the rail yard. The once blighted district was redeveloped over the past decade. Today, an active streetscape radiates from the train depot to shops, galleries, and cafes, a plaza, a park, and site Santa Fe. Just outside the entrance, Cuban artist Glenda Leon secretly attached her art to the trees. My job is to find the leaves that aren't real. And they're going to be here when all the other leaves fall off these trees. Those leaves will remain. It's so hard for me too. Here you have to... All right, I'm starting to see them. <laughs> here too. What is this project about, Glenda? For me, that's all like a, a question between what is eternal and what is ephemeral. What is life? What is death? It's also probably a sign for art. Art is something we create and we insert it in the world already, you know, with this natural rhythm and, and all that. And the definition for me of art regarding this is that you, you as a creator, you have a, you have a compromise. You, this thing you add to the world, for me, should be positive because the world has already too many negative news, bad news, bad things happening. And I think it's mathematical. If you as a creator add something more into that you know, area, then you, you add more, you create more negative things. So I think it's, it's a good uh, symbol for that. And it's very subtle, like, uh, you know, doesn't, it's just a touch in the tree. After looking into Glenda's trees, I follow a path toward the tracks and come upon a bright blue shipping container. The sign out front reads, Your General Store. The artist behind the enterprise, Jason Middlebrook. I had this idea about five years ago. Uh, there was an abandoned old gas station at the end of my road up in uh, upstate New York. I always wanted to have a barter general store, like an 1800s general store, like a trading post. I always thought it would be a great idea to kind of take the money out of the equation because there's always something you need that you don't have that you can't find at Target or Home Depot, etc. And so I started talking to Irene about this idea of it being mobile, of it being in a shipping container. And I kind of pitched the idea to her and in the context of the show made a lot of sense because it dealt with landscape and borders and barter and monetary issues and non-monetary issues. And so um, I, Site Santa Fe bought me this container and I transformed it into this kind of structure up in the Hudson Valley. And then I got the idea that maybe I should include more art. And so I invited about 40 artists to participate and they either sent in birdhouses or paintings or little objects. And the idea is that someone has to trade something for equal or similar value. So at the end of the project, those artists that gave things will end up getting something back. 
And the motto is browse, uh, create, barter. Let's describe some of the objects besides birdhouses that you have here for offer. Well, here's a pile of walking sticks. There's a lot of farm tools. Up on the little shelf over there, that is, um, there's a place in upstate New York called Camp Hill, which is really exciting because um, they make teas and soaps. And, and so this is to, you know, maybe trade with somebody, a local tea maker. This is one of my favorites. This is uh, just a bin of brushes. Everybody needs a brush. Trade a brush for a brush. Um, lots of wrenches, belt buckles. There's all kinds of good stuff in here. This is Bill Stone's birdhouse, which I love. Kelly Thompson, a painter. You know, so, and then there's a lot of contributions by me. I made this mirror. I made this toilet paper holder. Which is fantastic. And it says here, toilet paper holder stump, artist Jason Middlebrook, trade for another funny toilet paper holder. <laughs> so I'll post that on the internet and see yes, what comes in. See what happens, yes. You may not know this, but automaker Henry Ford once had a utopian vision to build a rubber plantation settlement deep in the Brazilian rainforest. Not far from Jason's store, I sit down with Melanie Smith to talk about her fascination with Henry Ford's failed dream. I did a project in, in, in 2009-10 um, about a place called Hilitla uh, in the jungle of the San Luis Potosí about this um, English man called Edward James. He set up this kind of surrealist garden in there. So I kind of was on the track of, of finding these far off spaces. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I showed the piece in, uh, in Brazil, the Hilitla piece in Brazil, uh, someone mentioned the Fordlandia and so that immediately kind of struck a chord that it would be, there would be some kind of parallel between these two men who'd been doing these kind of endeavors in a way in far off places. So then I started that investigation. But I, you know, Just hours before the official opening, I meet Jameson Chase Banks inside the main exhibition space. We're looking into this small vitrine at a baseball and glove with a special signature. Tell me about the provenance of this ball. Well, the ball is actually mine from childhood as um, a little league player. And then the signature of Napoleon is laser etched onto the ball in the style of how a baseball player would sign the ball. Now this signature is the exact signature from the Louisiana Purchase. So that's the significance of having it here. So let's give our listeners that may not be American or know history, the history of this project. What I'm really kind of talking about is, is the idea of exile because the selling of the Louisiana Purchase by Napoleon to the United States government instigated the opening up of that land for the eventual exile of the Cherokee and the Seneca Cayuga people, which I'm a part of their tribes. It kind of becomes a cause and effect story about Louisiana Purchase is the cause, the exile of my people is the effect, but also the selling of the Louisiana Purchase financed Napoleon's final campaigns, which 
ended in defeat and his eventual exile as well. So I'm, I'm talking about these two trails of parallel exile that are instigated by the same event. Now, I further the discussion by talking about my own grandparents and how they were forced into government boarding schools. It was an indoctrination into Christian ideology and also a lesson into becoming European or European-American. There were instances of optimism, and that's what I'm touching on. One of the instances was sport. My grandfather learned how to play baseball at the boarding school, and then once he was older as an adult, he actually played baseball for a semi-pro ball team. This was back when every small town in America had its own semi-pro ball team. So he was able to make a financial contribution to his family from baseball. This project that we're seeing here represents a much broader body of work that will continue after Unsettled Landscapes. It does. It, this is actually kind of a mock-up to a bigger project. These actually kind of become props for the film that I hope to make. A few steps away, I record this conversation with Chilean artist Gianfranco Foschino. I'm watching his video on a wall-sized projection behind a velvet curtain. Are there any people there at all? No. Never. So that's why still, the, the weather is too crazy. Why, why not, nobody never? Yeah, it's really hard to be because of the weather and also because it's completely isolated. There is no no cities around like the closer to, is like to get there. Yeah, to get there uh, in this boat was like um, three days of navigation. I love the idea to make a trip that also was made uh, 200 years ago when appeared the first uh, Europeans in this area uh, with the same sensation, discovering the landscape. And I never get to actually to the islands. It's just to move uh, across them in certain distance. You, you don't really know what, what is inside the, this landscape. The mechanical sound of the boat makes the landscape uh, contemporary. The image is really clean and shows like this incredible landscape, but at the same time, the sound of, of the machine remind you uh, the drama of, uh, of uh, being there. I'm always really curious about the, uh, what is out of frame. So I think here the intrigue is, is also uh, this question, where I'm going, uh, what is coming next, and there is no answer. You've been listening to the second episode in our Fresh Talk series about the International Biennial at Site Santa Fe, New Mexico. Visit freshartinternational.com to hear our conversation with site's chief curator, Irene Hoffman, and listen to the features with Andrea Bowers, Pablo Helguera, and Rick Lum. Santa Fe is the first stop in our 2014 tour of three international biennials in North America. This October, 
We'll head to Montreal and then to New Orleans to complete our triangle. To learn more, visit freshartinternational.com. If you like this episode, please let us know on Instagram or Twitter at freshartintl. Help us grow by rating and reviewing Fresh Art International on iTunes. You'll find us anywhere you go for podcasts. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more contemporary art talk.